WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/wnyc and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. This is All of It. I'm Allison Stewart, live from the WNYC studios in Soho. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. Whether you're listening on the radio, live streaming, or on demand, I'm grateful you're here. On today's show, we'll talk with two Oscar nominees from the film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, actor Stephanie Hsu and costume designer Shirley Karata. And we'll discuss the film Living with Kazuo Ishiguro, who adapted it and is up for an Oscar for that screenplay, and actor Bill Nye, the star who is up for Best Actor. Plus, author Rebecca Mackay will preview our March Get Lit with All of It pick, her novel, I Have Some Questions for You. That is our plan. So let's get this started with Margaret Atwood. There is a line in one of the short stories in Margaret Atwood's new collection that goes like this. A story isn't great because it's true. It's great because it's good. One of her characters wants to hold on to a lie because, well, it's a pretty good tale, even if it's a tall one. The collection titled Old Babes in the Wood is full of great stories, some entirely fiction, some based on real life. The collection features new stories and stories from decades ago. Characters include a storytelling alien, a snail trapped in the body of a woman, a housewife who believes she's a witch, and George Orwell. But at the heart of the collection are seven stories about Tig and Nell, a couple Atwood has been writing about for many years now. At the beginning of the collection, Nell reflects on many of the near-death experiences she and her beloved husband have faced. By the end, she is grieving his loss. Tonight at 7 p.m., Margaret Atwood will be hosting a special Selected Shorts event at Symphony Space with special guests A.M. Holmes, Wyatt Cenac, Ellen Burstein, Maggie Siff, and Becky Ann Baker. Tickets include a signed copy of Old Babes in the Wood. But first, I am delighted to be joined in studio by the Booker Award-winning author whose works include The Blind Assassin and, of course, The Handmaid's Tale, Margaret Atwood. Margaret, it is so nice to meet you. It's very nice to be here. In person. In person. So you've written in every form, almost every form, novels, poems, essays, short stories, children's books. What do you enjoy about the short story as a form, as a writer? It's short. (laughs) (laughs) So more instant gratification, let's put it that way. Um, Yeah, so I've been writing short stories since Hold Your Breath the 1950s, and uh, they were some of the first things I got published, Mm. that and poems, because 
they were short. And um, I love reading them and all kinds. So ghost stories, Mm -hmm. strange tales, sci-fi stories, uh, Kelly Link. (laughs) Don't know how you'd classify that. Um, All different kinds, and I like writing them too. Do you edit your short stories heavily, or do they just they come out and they're short and here they are? I, I edit everything because I'm a downhill skier as a writer. Uh, some people want to get the first page perfect. I'm not that person. I, I get I get through to the end as fast as I can, and then I go back and see what I did wrong. Uh, and I work with editors, mm-hmm. and I work with a very good copy editor who will say, uh, she said of Oryx and Craig, okay, you sent Jimmy out with with five jolt bar- bars to eat, and he eats one here, one here, one here, one here, one here, and one here. So you're either going to have to give him one more or have him eat one fewer. And she's very <laughs> meticulous, and I love her a lot. When you, How do you know when your short story is done? You never know. Um, I think you know and you can't do anything more to it, but you're not done then because then comes the editing, and it's called revision for a reason. It's, it's a new vision of what you've done. So then you have to pretend to be a reader and mm-hmm. say, does this make sense to me if I'm a reader? Just a reader coming upon it cold. Would it? Uh, am I telling them enough? Am I telling them too much? Uh, does it hold together? That's so interesting to have to put on the different hat and pretend like you don't know what the story's about. Well, I think you kind of have to do that. Otherwise, you're going to excuse yourself for too many things because you know the answer. You just haven't told <laughs> you haven't told the reader. My guest is Margaret Atwood. The new collection, the short story collection, is Old Babes in the Wood. So the, the collection is bookended by these groups of stories about this couple, Tig and Nell, and you've been writing about them for some time. What's kept you returning to Tig and Nell? More stuff. Things keep happening to them? <laughs> well, I keep remembering stuff that happened to them. Um, yes, a lot of stuff happened to them. Mm-hmm. So barely scratched the surface of stuff that happened to them or that they did, the the naughty creatures. <laughs> the first story, First Aid, is about Tig and Nell, and they take this first aid course. Um, and then later on, they're thinking about the many times they were, they, had, they were near death. And I understand you and your partner at one time took a first aid course? We absolutely took a first aid course that extremely closely resembles that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and we were uh, we laughed a lot because we were by far the oldest people in the room. I think a lot of people had been sent there by their companies, so they would have been, you know, in their thirties, mm-hmm. in their twenties, and um, they were a bit more flexible than we were. So kneel on the floor for half an mm-hmm. hour doing the chest pushes, you know, a bit easier for them, I have to say. But we made it through, and and um, I even bought one of the little appliances you should carry around with you should you come upon somebody who needs the mouth-to-mouth. And uh, I also bought an um, an anti-fib kit, which I suppose I should get checked out to see if it still works. How <laughs> <laughs> are the batteries in that yeah, thing? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think I better just check that out. When you 
take a course like that is do you come home at night and think, huh, that could be interesting for story. You take down notes or as you're writing the short story, you just it's from your memory of that that time. Yeah, that I didn't I didn't take notes. I just I just remembered it at one point and then I I thought back to my own childhood up in the woods with no phone. Mm-hmm. No anti-fib kit, no, no nothing. And I thought, what if we had had an actual serious accident up there? What, what would we have done? I don't know. It would have involved a motorboat. You would have done something. Well, if Just you cut off your like foot, today. you know, a motorboat may not be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was first aid always going to be the first story? No, in the no, 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 no. No, you collect these things. They sort of pile up, and then you, so you lay them out all. On, you lay them all out on the floor, just like a deck of cards, and you start shuffling them. And uh. then these people called the editors get involved. <laughs> so there are a bunch of them because they're in different countries. So I've said I want you to all have your conversations amongst yourselves, and then channel it through one person because I don't want to get into fights you're having. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in the middle. I don't want to have to choose favorites amongst you because you're all wonderful. So just pick pick the, you know, most Mary Poppins-like amongst you. Mm -hmm. And that person will be the English one called Becky. Becky Hardy channels all the editors and then tells me what they have mutually agreed upon. Becky Hardy sounds like a character in a short story, doesn't it? Extremely crack the whip. (laughs) (laughs) Behave yourselves. (laughs) I'm Becky Hardy. Um, It's interesting. When I read the short story and they start musing about near death experiences, I thought about, oh, I've had one or two of those. Um, What was yours? I had one when I was in Amsterdam and I didn't look the right way and I almost stepped in front of one of those trains. That'll do it. That'll do it. We had a. Canadian ambassador killed that way, not in Amsterdam, but in Germany, because the trains go the, a different way. Exactly. Uh, so, yes, you have to be very careful. So by near-death experiences, we don't mean the kind where you see the light at the end of the tunnel. We mean uh, accidents that almost happened to you, that, but, but that you narrowly mm. avoided. Did you have one? Could oh, you share one? Oh, so many. <laughs> Could you share one? We hang by a thread. Uh, well, I think I put in the one where the house almost burned down. So there was that one. So childhood ones. We were going down a hill in something like a 1940s Studebaker. Uh, and a hay wagon pulled out in front of us at the bottom of the hill, and the brakes on the car failed. So, of course, we were kids. We didn't know this had happened until the car whizzed past the end of the hay wagon and sometime later as people were um, as the grown ups were sort of wiping the perspiration off their heads well (laughs) that was a close one my guest is Margaret Atwood the collection is called Old Babes in the Wood so we talked about some things that are very real near death experiences first aid classes Um, on the completely fantastical side you riff on this 14th century folk tale about Griselda a meek woman who has her children taken away and in your story it's called Impatient Griselda our narrator is this alien who we find out looks a little bit like an octopus looks quite a lot like an octopus has arrived on earth to help out entertaining human beings who are quarantined during an illness a plague like pandemic 
Um, I'd love if you'd read a little bit of this, and then we can talk about the language on the other side. Okay. So the ask was, um, pick a story from Boccaccio's Decameron and do a modern update of it. So in the Decameron, these people are sequestering from the Black Death and telling each other stories. Uh, and the last one in the collection is called Patient Griselda, which appears here and there in various forms and other uh, folktale compendiums. And Patient Griselda is extremely patient, and the, the man who marries her is obviously an evil sadist. I have, I have no time for him, <laughs> and uh, for that reason, I felt the story needed an update in which things turn out somewhat differently. Yes. So it is a, an alien entertainer who has been uh, sent on an intergalactic mission to help out these poor human beings who are uh, quarantining. And it begins like this. Impatient Griselda. Do you all have your comfort blankets? We tried to provide the right sizes. I am sorry some of them are washcloths. We ran out. And your snacks? I regret that we could not arrange to have them cooked, as you call it, but the nourishment is more complete without this cooking that you do. If you put all of the snack into your ingestion apparatus, your, as you call it, mouth, the blood will not drip on the floor. That is what we do at home. I regret that we do not have any snacks that are what you call vegan. We could not interpret this word. You don't have to eat them if you don't want to. Please stop whispering at the back there and stop whimpering and take your thumb out of your mouth, sir, madam. You must set a good example for the children. No, you are not the children, madam, sir. You are 42. Among us, you would be the children, but you are not from our planet or even our galaxy. Thank you, sir or madam. I use both because, quite frankly, I can't tell the difference. We do not have such limited arrangements on our planet. Yes, I know I look like what you call an octopus, little young entity. I have seen pictures of these amicable beings. If the way I appear truly disturbs you, you may close your eyes. It would allow you to pay better attention to the story in any case. No, you may not leave the quarantine room. The plague is out there. It would be too dangerous for you, though not for me. We do not have that type of microbe on our planet. I am sorry there is no what you call a toilet. We ourselves utilize all ingested nourishment for fuel, so we have no need for such receptacles. We did order one, what you call, a toilet for you, but we are told there is a shortage. You could try out the window. It is a long way down, so please do not try to jump. It's not fun for me either, Madam Sir. I was sent here as part of an intergalactic crisis aid package. I did not have a choice, being a mere entertainer and thus low in status. And this simultaneous tr translation device I have been issued is not the best quality. As we have already experienced together, you do not understand my jokes. But as you say, half an oblong wheat flour product is better than none. Now, the story. 
That was Margaret Atwood reading from Old Babes in the Wood. When you get to play with language like that, it sounds like, one, you're having a lot of fun. Um, But how did you decide what would cause um, the translation machine difficulty? You said it's not the best quality. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of words? Well, for a carnivorous being... Uh, such as this alien, vegan would be very difficult. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They wouldn't have an equivalent. When you think about, did you think about objects that just seem like, how would you describe a toilet? How would you describe a, you said to your point, a vegan? Yes, well, this is the problem. So the the person, uh, the alien is not able to, to describe these things because there is no equivalent and and that is true of a lot of languages mm. on our planet. There are, there are things that you just have a lot of difficulty describing because your language doesn't have that concept or those words. So you would you would have to use quite a few words to to give an idea of what that one word means. Mm-hmm. For instance, there's a Japanese word which means in one word the uh, color of white silk that has been bleached on the snow. Try doing that in one word. (laughs) Uh, It sounded like when I read that you were having an immense amount of fun with that introduction. I had fun with the whole story, and it was a great satisfaction to do away with the bad duke. It's always good to get away with bad dukes. (laughs) (laughs) My guest is Margaret Atwood. We're talking about old babes in the wood. We'll have more with Margaret after a very quick break. This is all of it. You're listening to All of It. I'm Allison Stewart. My guest this hour is Margaret Atwood. The new collection of short stories is called Old Babes in the Wood. I do want to make sure you know that Margaret will be speaking at Symphony Space tonight as part of Selected Shorts at 7 p.m. Tickets include a signed copy of this book right here. Um, I asked you how to say this before we turn on the microphone. I don't want to pretend like I knew beforehand. Um, Metempsychosis or the journey of the soul. In this story, a woman becomes convinced that she has been inhabited by the soul of a snail or maybe the snail has inhabited the woman, just taken her on as a shell. Of all the creatures to undergo this change, why a snail? Well, they, they haven't had enough attention paid to them. So there are a lot of shape-changing stories you know about werewolves, uh, you know about seals in Scotland, you can be a seal who is a woman, you know, you've seen Swan Lake, mm-hmm. uh, there's a North American version in which it's geese, uh, bear walkers are well known in North America, people who can change into bears, and they even turn up in Lord of the Rings, that's a character called Bjorn. Uh, so lo- lots of possibilities here, but there is a Chinese folktale uh, in which a man realizes that his his quite rather quiet and slow wife is spending half of her life as a snail in a, the water bucket outside the door. So that too can be mm. a, a shape changing story. Oh, I forgot snakes. There's ones there there are ones in which the woman is a snake. It's frequently women, but if it's a uh, sort of threatening carnivorous creature, it's often a, a man. So, so for a long time, werewolves were were male, but now we've been given female werewolves too. We've 
gender equality, there's female werewolves. <laughs> you did, it seemed that you did a, quite a bit of research into snails. I already knew quite a lot about snails. You did? Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, think how old I am. I mean, you don't get to 83 without knowing a lot about snails. Uh, I'm a gardener. Oh, there you snails are. feature. Also slugs, they're close mm-hmm. relatives. Uh, yeah, so, and I've, I've always been very interested in snails because of their ability to withdraw into their shell and just close the door. They sealed themselves up. So, yes, why not a snail is the question one may ask. The story ends with a paragraph. I must stay positive until my present skin and tissue host wears out. Then my small, bright spiral soul will rise and fly through the iridescent clouds and minor key music of the intermediate spirit realm to embody itself once more. But as what? Any husk other than this one. Any shell other than this. So what does the snail understand about humans that uh, that was fine for a short time? I don't want to go back and be in a human again. It wasn't even fine for a short time. She has a lot of difficulty with it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she's, yes. <laughs> yeah, her boyfriend doesn't understand why she wants to eat slightly decaying lettuce all the time. <laughs> He's brought Pinot. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't want He doesn't get it. <laughs> I think he's already started cheating on her because she likes to spend a lot of time curled up in dark corners. Mm. Yeah, the snail is sounding like a good friend. I kind of like the snail better. (laughs) I'm kind of with you. Like the snail might have figured out life a little bit. No, I don't think so. It it, it has the wrong body to uh, to be doing this life in a condo. Yes, it's not, uh, it's not understood. Yeah. I like the snail's point of view, though. Yeah, like curl um, up in a corner, it's okay. Close the close the door when you're when you want to. There, there are people you can talk to about that. <laughs> <laughs> she she does go to a psychiatrist at the suggestion of her boyfriend, and he's, and she explains to the psychiatrist that she's mm-hmm. in the wrong body, but he is not prepared to hear that 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 she's actually a snail. My guest is Margaret Atwood. The name of the book is Old Babes in the Wood, a short story collection that might send you to therapy. It's possible. <laughs> um, it's quite a few of the stories mentioned, COVID, and there's a story that we talked about the alien. Um, what were the last few years like for you creatively? Was it some, some writers took the time I mean, to write? The some, COVID. The COVID took time the to write? The COVID. Some people just said, no, I'm just going to think about surviving. Well, you know, what do writers do most of the time anyway? They sit in rooms by themselves and talk to people who aren't there. So how is that different? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the people who aren't there were on Zooms. And uh, I quite enjoyed the first period of Zoom when people didn't know how to work it. My favorite was the guy with the cat filter stuck on his head. I think that has to be top of everybody's list. My second favorite was the priest who was saying mass and had obviously been towing with some filter thing on his phone, and he had fireworks shooting out of his head. He had all of a sudden dark glasses and a fedora, different looks, unbeknownst to himself. And I think my third favorite, because these things should be awarded prizes, don't you agree? I'm, you're convincing there me. should be a contest. Uh, the guy running across the background of the very serious female news presenter in his underpants. I thought that was quite 
touching. Not only did he run one way, but then he ran back the other way. (laughs) Honorable mention the kids who come into the very station. They were really good. Yeah, the kids were really good. uh, They're tied with the uh, guy in the underpants. Very serious news presenter. Oh, this kid's just busting in. <laughs> well, that was that's actually something so interesting. It's the idea of, you know, during COVID, we had to let go of a lot of pretension, right? Uh, we didn't have to, but we... we a but lot of people happened. did. It happened. Yeah. I think that's for the better in many ways. Well, and in some instances for the worse. Uh, but it was like very early television, so television of the early 50s, which was all live. Mm-hmm. And there were some amazing bloopers uh, in that area, too. Margaret, there's a bird on the cover of the book. And um, you've been tweeting about our owl, Flacco, I believe. Yes. Um, are, you, are you a birder? I know your, your late partner was a birder. Yes, we were both heavily, in, and I still am, in, in, in the bird world. So this uh, eagle owl, I mean, they're quite big. And I wonder if there's going to be a subscription movement to import a female eagle owl for Flacco. Wow, that would be interesting. Well, don't you think he needs a friend? I I do. I th- I think it's I think it's interesting that so many people have become invested in Flacco. Well, it's like you may not remember some years ago, three pigs escaped in England from a truck, and they went roaming through the countryside, and they developed a big fan base. Uh, So I think we like stories of creatures escaping Mm -hmm. and improvising and figuring it out because uh, we often feel that we are in similar positions. In doing my research for interviewing you, I saw your interview with uh, Jenna Bush Hager on the Today Show, and you mentioned you were working on a memoir. Is that true? I know true? my publisher's F-R-E-A-K-E-D out. <laughs> so glad it was that word that you said. <laughs> that F word. I got word. <laughs> yes, they, they went slightly ballistic. You shouldn't be talking about this yet. Uh, so here I am not talking about it. Well, we really appreciate you not talking about it on our show. <laughs> want to remind everybody that Margaret Atwood will be speaking tonight at Symphony Space as part of Selected Shorts at 7 p.m. Tickets include a signed copy of this wonderful book of short stories. Margaret, thank you so much for making time today. It's been a pleasure. WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com slash WNYC and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off.